Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great kind of chilly morning out there? Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. And for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Java and Liz and all the other folks here at MPB, we're, bringing the, we're opening the screen door to this garden party wide open. It's a call-in program. We've got plenty of stuff to chat about. There's some events going on. Uh, it's a beautiful weekend, incredible weekend. So there's some things that, that you might be interested in we'll chat about. Maybe you've got something to share. But that's okay. For the next hour, it's going to be all about gardening. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I'm not going to try to be a know-it-all. Love to learn new stuff myself. But after all these years, I learned the most important thing we do here at MPB is to chat with you about what's going on or not in your own garden. Sit back, folks. A little bit of news. We're going to come back right after that and start getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Hope you got that on your mind, because that's what it is. A lot of things going on this weekend. We're going to chat about them in just a few minutes. Uh, some things you can be doing this. It finally got enough rain. <laughs> I got over five inches of my rain just Wednesday, just Wednesday, got five inches of rain. And uh, anyway, for the next um, little bit, it's good planting weather. Feels good, looks good, the dirt's diggable. Plenty of things that can set out this time of year that love cold weather. Hate hot weather, love cold weather. I know you still got a lot of stuff out there, but uh, maybe you can pull it off to one side, dig a little hole in between your existing plants, stir in a little bit of compost or something, stick something in the ground. That way, when you get around to pulling up your old stuff, you got new stuff all ready to go. Anyway, a lot of tips like that if you want to get uh, all low-level cognitive on what to do in the garden stuff. But if you've got things you'd like to chat about, that's what I'm here for. That's what MPB does this for, is to connect to Mississippians with people who like to talk with Mississippians. And uh, it's toll-free, ring, And we're going to start it right off the bat by going to Brandon, talking with Sam. Hey, Sam, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Felder. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Well, I have a question. Well, I have all these... Um you know, all these awesome spider lilies are popping up all over the state. And oh, yeah. Popping up. And I was wondering, when do I liberate some of them and plant them <laughs> in my own yard? This is the best time, uh, Sam, for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, you know where they are. You know, you can tell which ones are blooming right now. Uh, but second of all, they're already beginning to or about to start growing their roots because they grow over the wintertime. They grow roots, then leaves over the winter. Those leaves die ne- down next spring. And uh, so, okay. so they're at the beginning of the growing season. It's a good time to go ahead and move them. They can grow over the wintertime, good leaves, and make flower buds for next year. So this is the ideal time. second best time is when the leaves start to die down in the spring. But anyway, this okay. is a great time. Uh, let me suggest this. If you're liberating them without permission, don't take them all. Leave some for oh, me. Yeah. Leave some for me. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Felder. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'll let somebody else get a call in. Oh, let, let, well, I want to ask you this first. You call them uh, spider lilies. Have you heard them called anything else? Uh, no, that's all I've ever heard them by. I was down on the coast this past week, and they all call them naked ladies. But I call the pink one that oh, blooms really? in the summertime naked ladies. Yeah, I saw. I, I always call these other flowers naked ladies. Um, or my huh. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they're 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 in the same genus. They're they're both like horse, but that that doesn't matter. But anyway, okay. it just, some people call them surprise lilies or magic lilies. But anyway, huh. you know. Well, thanks for that little uh, hint of knowledge, right yeah. there. Well, hey, thank if you, you very much. If you if you dig them, go ahead and get them in the ground as soon as you can because they they're ready to start growing. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you, Bob Ross of Gardening. Have a good uh, okay. good luck with the rest of the show. <laughs> thank you, sir. I do appreciate it. All righty. Talking about red spider lilies. They popped up, you know, usually they bloom uh, September or so, but it was so dry, they just need a little water. So you give, squirt a little water on them, and they're going to start jumping. It's a really good approach. Uh, let's go uh, slide back over a little bit west to Jackson and talk with James. Hey, James, good morning, sir. Good morning, Felder. How are you doing? This morning? So far, so good. What's up? Um, I had a question about uh, the watering of ferns. Uh, my wife likes to get the, the ferns that hang. The, pot, uh, the potted ones? Uh, uh-huh. Yes, the potted ones. And uh, basically her practice is that, hey, you water until the water comes out from the bottom. And my feeling has always been that, well, you're really washing away a lot of the soil. And pretty much by the time they get through the season, they really don't have any nutritious soil left in the pot. Uh, what is the correct way to water these ferns? Well, a couple of things, and both of y'all are right, by the way. To me, the you're right. If you water them a lot and extra water runs out, it dissolves not just the soil, but also the nutrients that they leach out. If you're going to do that, I would put some other kind of plant beneath them and let them have some of the largesse. You know, at least that, that way you fertilize the plants beneath it. Uh, the way I water, though, because uh, I don't want to waste water, plus it, it makes a mess on the ground, uh, on, on the porch, is I water lightly once. If she'll just hit them pretty good one time before they start running and wait a few minutes and go back and hit them a second time, that second watering, the first watering makes the potting soil swell up. Second water really soaks in. See, so a lot of times if she waters just once, the water runs around the edge of the pot and shoots out the bottom instead of soaking in. So twice a few minutes apart, a little bit each is probably better. And every now and then, soak them enough to, to uh, flush away any old dissolved fertilizer so it doesn't build up. So somewhere okay. in between, okay. a li- little both. Okay, a little bit of both. So just not too much water because so, so do it in, in two stages. Just soak them a little bit. And then come back with a little more water. And then yeah, and you know, and and yeah. of course, this is the left brain guy problem solving type of thing. But you might want to get her to to water one her way and water one our way, and see which way she ends up with, and let her make her own mind up because that's the best approach for everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Good looking. Oh, oh, and, and by the way, uh, do you know what kind of fertilizer she uses? Um, it's uh. It comes in a in a, in a green um, yeah, she, jar, and it's she mixes it. looking like fertilizer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If she does that once a year, that's plenty. That's slow lacking. Typically, it's enough fertilizer to last for the whole season. I use those little fertilizer pellets that look like little worm eggs. Uh, yeah. it, it, once a year, and that's it. And every time I water, it gives the plants a little fertilizer. But anyway, it doesn't hurt to to let them uh, run every now and then to wash out any flush out any dissolved. Old fertilizer that calls salts, and they can actually burn plants. But uh, from a watering point of view, she likes to water twice. will give her twice as much pleasure. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling, man. I do appreciate that. All righty, folks. We're talking about gardening today, but I want to slide out a little bit different from gardening, talk about gardening on a bigger scale. Let's see if we've got Don on the line. Don, are you here? Somebody push Don's button. Don, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Don, okay. I'm going to say Vanderverken. That would be it. Don Van, Vanderverken. Uh, you and Jeff Brown started uh, growing blueberries down around Popperville a long time ago. What, 15, 
18 years ago? 2004. Wow. Okay. That's that's a while back. Uh, And you got a little bit, not bored with it, but you wanted to branch out. You started growing tea plants. I mean, camellia that you that you actually make tea with. How's that working out? It's working out great, Felder. We're, uh, I, I tell you, there's a little bit of story, and you're part of it. Uh, keep keep of it clean, callers, Don. Keep it clean. Keep it clean, Don. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, someone called in about camellia bushes, and, uh, and you had answered the question for this uh, person, and then uh, you had mentioned at one time that uh, Poplarville and that most tea – uh, that we drink around the world uh, came from a camellia bush. Well, that got my curiosity going, and um, long story short, I got plants, started them, and now I have 12,000 camellia sinensis. <laughs> and uh, we didn't know. We About uh, eight years ago, we started, and then we started uh, We learning how to process and brew tea. And uh, we've, <clears throat> along with a couple other folks here in the state and in Alabama, it's kind of a resurgent, you know, people trying to grow local, and um, now we're in the tea business. And, so and, and you, green tea. you call it Pearl River tea. You don't really use water from the pearl. No, no we, well. It, well <laughs> I mean, I mean because cause you don't know what we're doing upstream is what I'm saying, Don. <laughs> Actually, everything out of Jackson is nice and clean. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, uh, uh, there's a uh, there's uh, I've been to your place. A lot of tea plant. A lot of people don't realize it is a type of camellia. It's sort of like a sasanko. It blooms late summer or fall. Kind of a I've seen white and pink flowers on small flowers. Yeah, yeah. It, it puts out a beautiful little flower, but we don't really like to let it bloom too much because we harvest the leaves to make the tea. And you make them when and, you, you harvest them when they're real small, right? Yeah, and the first flush is in April. And we can take uh, tea all the way through uh, October. And so we harvest about every four to five weeks, and then we process the tea. We make green tea is uh, is usually a spring uh, harvest, and then the dark tea is usually a fall harvest. Well, and, and, and uh, I saw you all at the State Fair last week. It really surprised me because you are tucked over right by a guy named Lemonade, but you all were selling homegrown blueberry lemonade. That is true. We make uh, blue, blueberry lemonade, and we also make a blueberry black tea, which is really good uh, during the colder, cooler season, and we sell more of it during the winter month. Well, you saved our life last week because you also had some blueberry popsicles you made. They had a little bit of yogurt in it, so they, they were kind of cre- they, they were frozen like fruit popsicles, but they were creamy. Yeah, yeah and that's low-fat yogurt. Uh, we also, uh, blueberries are very healthy for you, as is tea. And, uh, you know, you go to a state fair and the Holy Trinity there is salt, sugar, and fried. And, and uh, uh, the only thing that was really healthy there was the, the grilled corn and, uh, uh, and, our, and the blueberry tea. Well, the grilled corn, unless you see that they dip it straight into a vat of butter, <laughs> solid butter. But, uh, but anyway, let, let me ask you this. As far as the tea and all, you know, there, we could talk, there's a lot online about it. And, and by the way, it's Jeff and Don. Is that where J.D. Farms comes from? Pretty much. Uh, you know, we tried to come up with a fancy name, and then we had to fill out the IRS forms, and we'll, we'll just call it J&D. J&D. And, uh, matter of fact, if uh, if you go to jdfarms.com, 
U.S. U.S. You got all mm-hmm. how you make your tea. It's got pictures in, in, in how you know, not that everybody can make their own tea because it's not as straightforward as you think. But uh, anyway, I, I noticed that JDFarms.us, you got all the stuff about your place, the history, uh, pictures of how you make it, all the, and, and plus your blueberries and all that. But y'all are having a real special event this weekend. Yes, Felder, I'm standing in the middle of it, and I'm excited. Are you downtown um, got- Popperville? I am at the Newtown Green, uh, and uh, it's uh, fast uh, fast filling up with vendors. Uh, we've got a lot of vendors now here. We've got over 60 vendors. We've got a high tea event starting this afternoon. What time is that going to start? Four o'clock. And the, we're all sold out, but uh, the music will be here, and you can just kind of stand around. The weather's holding. That tropical system has moved to the south and to the east of us, so... The weather's perfect. Uh, the music starts around four or five o'clock, uh, and uh, uh, we're excited. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is a nice fall event for pop. Everybody knows about the blueberry jubilee that happens in the summer, but it's really hot. So we're hoping people hang out in downtown Popperville and, and partake is, in all the shops. Is it most of tomorrow too? It is. Uh, it starts early in the morning and ends around three. Okay. Well, let me, let me ask you this: If I were to come down in my John Deere Green pickup truck with the gardens in the back. Do you have a place I could park it and just chat with folks? Yes, you do. You're, you're going to be uh, very close to where I am. Uh, you can just pull up, park, and and uh, people are excited. Uh, they want to meet you and uh, uh, and talk to you about uh, various things about gardening. And uh, uh, I want to tell you this. There's two things that make it possible for us for this event, and that's to visit Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they gave us a small grant, and we're excited about that. And also, uh, Genuine MS program that the Commissioner of Ag has uh, just bestowed on RT and some of the other products here, so I want to give a shout-out to them. All righty, all righty. Well, uh, we're going we're gonna to come down and drink some tea, maybe some blueberry lemonade and stuff like that, and sort of chew the fat with people while i got music and vendors and food and stuff. That's uh, this afternoon starting at 4, but till, until pretty much first thing in the morning until about 3 tomorrow afternoon. Yes, sir. Well, I'm actually the vendors are pretty much set up now, but uh, the vendors will open at noon. Okay. Uh, the other thing is that the high tea event is the, the school, the culinary arts people are uh, at the Popperville High School are going to be making all kinds of uh, high tea uh, cucumber sandwiches and scones <laughs> and stuff and all that. Scones, uh, that, a scone. Uh, yeah. Jeff, tell us what. I mean, uh, excuse me, Don. I keep you and Jeff. You know, a team. What's a scone? Well, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 it's, easy, it's harder to make than you think, and it basically is uh, an English biscuit, and uh, uh, it's better with lemon curd. That's all I know. Yeah, to me, it's a biscuit with a little with a, with a little egg in it and a little sugar. But other than that, that it looks like a biscuit. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I want to tell you, Felder, I want to thank you and MPB for you know giving us the, the start on this uh, the tea project and. Uh, I would have never known if I, you didn't mention it on your show. And uh, it's just amazing about what you can learn about horticulture and plants and uh, by listening to your show. Every day you have some, somebody calls in about something, and I learn something new, and I really appreciate you, oh, you bet. doing and, that. And and, it's, uh, go ahead. I, I appreciate that a lot. And by the way, a lot of people would recognize you because y'all been selling blueberries and stuff down that, that old farmer's market in New Orleans for years. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we down in New Orleans, the Crescent City Farmers Market, 
uh, we sell in the in the in the season, but uh, we kind of follow the markets. We yeah. uh, we also do our ugly pears and persimmons, and <laughs> um, uh, and, and you know we also do uh, during the holiday season. We also do a a German stolen, which is another story all by itself, which is a German Christmas bread. All Mississippi grown. Yep, every bit of it. You know, and uh, uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of nice people here, and uh, and uh, we certainly enjoy seeing you at the state fair. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, say say hey to Jeff, and we'll see y'all later this afternoon. All right, thank you. Thank you, Don. Get busy now. All right, take care. That was Don Vanderverken. He and Jeff Brown have Pearl River Tea Company. And this is the first event down in Poplarville, downtown Poplarville. They have music and vendors and all. And it's all Mississippi grown. The blueberries, the blackberries, the, the tea, all Mississippi grown. We'd like to celebrate that. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. We're going to get back to uh, talking straight gardening. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with that. Our toll-free number, one eight seven seven mpb ring Got plenty of stuff to talk about, including the plant of mine that got stolen at the state fair. Have you seen this plant? We'll be right back after this. You know, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I want to give a shout-out to the folks down in Gulfport. Had a really good meeting with them uh, this past Tuesday evening. A whole lot of listeners to MPB really enjoyed that and uh, found out that they called Spider Lilies Naked Ladies down there. And uh, last night I was up in South Haven, right on the Mississippi-Tennessee state lines. I've been top to bottom, back to back. To back. I'm going to be down in Poplarville later this afternoon from 4 till probably about 6 or so in my green pickup truck with the stuff growing in the back, and all day tomorrow till about 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Again, downtown Poplarville at the Mississippi Sweet Tea Festival, and uh, I've got herbs and flowers and stuff growing in the back of my pickup truck. I'm going to drive it down there and chat with y'all. A couple of other things coming up. Um, also, oh, I had a great time in Startville this past week, too. I went up to the uh, uh, Landscape Symposium there, sponsored by the Landscape Architecture School and the Garden Clubs of Mississippi. Had a really good time talking with Gary Bachman and uh, some of the other uh, Mississippi State uh, garden experts. Had a, a great time. Uh, but the, coming up uh, next week, there's going to be a, a uh, on October the 26th, there's going to be a big plant sale and um, excuse me plant swap in Mobile. The Mobile uh, folks have a big, big plant swap every fall. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday the 26th. I'm going to try to get down there. Starts at 10 o'clock. It is a lot of fun. Bring a plant, any kind of plant. And uh, they got fun people talking about the plants that are brought, and everybody has a good time and walks away with plenty of extra plants because a lot of people bring extra stuff. That's going to be uh, at the uh, Central Press Community uh, Central Presbyterian Church parking lot. It's at the corner of Dolphin and, and Ann Street. Uh, always a lot of fun. And then the week after, October 31st, on Halloween, Flora Library Plant Swap. We'll talk about that next week, too. But if you've got anything I can help promote, email me. Shoot me an email. i uh, got somebody at a library, garden center, master gardener club, whatever. I uh, want to have somebody, want to have me come down and yak with you. Just shoot me an email. Garden at MPB online. 
Org. Now, it's what we're here for. Let's talk about gardening. We're going to go to Soso, Mississippi. Jim, I've been lost in Soso, believe it or not. It's a small community to get lost in. You make one turn left or right, and you don't know where you're going to end up. You're going to be in hot coffee if you don't look out. <laughs> That's right. What's going on, Jim? What can we help you with today? I, I caught the tail end of your naked lady. That, that's the flower that all of a sudden grows and doesn't really have like a... A bloom flower has like little needles for the top part of the flower. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're re- actually, it's a bunch of really skinny little flowers at the top of a naked stem. Okay, okay. Uh, the red uh, one. Yeah. Most of them are red. I was, I was take care of the exterior maintenance at our church, and we're uh, considering planting uh, ryegrass. What if you could tell me the pros and cons of taking care of, of planting the ryegrass and and uh, what you think of it? Well, a, a couple of things. First of all, it's awful pretty the wintertime. You know, you plant it this time of year. Uh, you know, this is the peak time. You can start in late September, but now that we've got a little bit cooler weather, we'll have, have some warm weather uh, come back, we call it Indian summer. But uh, if you can put the seed out, the sooner the better. Uh, it's really important that the seed be in contact with dirt, not caught up in thatch and grass. So cut the grass really good, kind of close once. Uh, let the clippings dry down a, a day or so, and then put the seeds out. And uh, either, you know, it, it's not possible to rake a big area, but it's important that the seeds get down and touch the dirt. Now, that you know, that's how you get it planted. The problem is somebody, Jim, is going to have to water it. I mean, excuse me, is going to have to mow it all winter. Yeah, that part I understand. Yeah, well, that, you know, it's not any fun because a lot of times it's wet in the wintertime. It's not fun. If you don't mow it, the ladies at the church are going to holler at you. That's all I'm saying. Well, but when I do mow it, they're going to be praising me. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the deal, though. Uh, by the way, it sounds like you might be from the Midwest. Uh, actually, upstate New York. Okay, upstate New York, around Ithaca and all like that, Syracuse, whatever. The ryegrass burns out here when it gets around the end of May. By the 1st of June, it's gone. And if you uh, ryegrass here grows over the wintertime, it needs to be fertilized to be a nice green. Uh, but if you fertilize it too much, that causes problems to your summer grass. See, so one of the problems with over, overseeding grass here is uh, you have to f- wait till it's up, been motor time to give it a little fertilizer to keep it green. Uh, and then just as soon as your, your neighbor's grass starts greening up in the spring, start cutting the ryegrass a little close so it doesn't shade out the new growth of next year's summer lawn because that causes okay, problems. What, what kind of fertilizer should I use? Uh, well, the easiest thing is, is just, you know, get any kind of slow-release type of fertilizer. Uh, shoot me an email, get more detail. But the stuff they sell for lawn food, it's expensive, but make the bag go two or three times as far as, as it says it will. And the advantage of that stuff is it fertilizes slowly and gently over a long time instead of after first couple of rains, it just washes away. So don't use an agriculture fertilizer, you know, triple 13 or ammonium nitrate. Use a good quality lawn food. The cheaper one is better, and then make it go two or three times as far as it says it'll do. All right, I but sure appreciate the, it. The, the, the biggest way you can mess up with it, though, is to let it get too tall. When it starts to green up in the spring, it wants to grow good, and it can shade out that first flush of growth of your summer lawn, and that sets it back by a month. Okay, okay. Thank you for taking my call. Good luck on it, Jim. Smile, wave to everybody, say hey.
<laughs> now let's go over to Picayune. Hey, Barbara, good morning. How are you? Well, good morning. Long time, no talk. But yeah. anyway, um, I was down a different part of my garden the other day, and I realized that something might have fallen on this old-time Margie Jenkins azalea that Mark Pasteur planted for me. Yeah. And it's broken at the root, right at the top of it, you know, at the base of the plant. Is it split open or just broken off? It's split. It's two parts. But there are branches that have come down and rooted. Uh-huh. So what, what, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. What do I do about it? <laughs> A couple of things. One is, uh, you know, if it's split, you know, it's possible to cut it off below the split and it'll sprout back out from the roots because it was grown from a cutting. Margie grows her, her, her plants from cutting. So if it's got any stem at all below the split part, if you cut it off, it'll sprout back out just fine. You might want to wait till next spring after everything finishes blooming and then do that. And that'll just basically starts it all over again. And, and it'll grow really fast, uh, Barbara, because those roots are still intact. So after it blooms in the spring, I would cut it down below the split part start it back over again the parts that are rooted in the ground they're not going to be in the best kind of dirt possible so you might want to think about uh cutting them back and then transplanting them starting new plants someplace with them yeah now what about the branches that have come down and rooted oh that, that's what i'm talking about the ones that are rooted you know they're still connected to the mother plant but and so uh in the spring when you cut the the the, the original plant back the ones that are rooted go ahead and tr- and cut them back to a few inches tall and transplant them and let them start over like brand new shrubs because it'll be you know the dirt they're growing in is not going to be great the, the parts oh, but the dirt, my dirt's beautiful it's well you know you know what i would do is cut off the mother plant and then transplant the little ones but uh you know you could just enjoy it like it is right now put your uh, yeah st- but i would just didn't know whether it's going to die now without split or should i mulch over it for the winter or, or what well, the w- winter's not a problem the problem is decay rot and decay is going to get in and cause it to hollow out like an old tree that's been broken off even shrubs will do that so that's the problem you know a clean cut below the split for the long term, that's the best thing. But, you know, you can just enjoy it like it is and put you some uh, sticks out there with some birdhouses on it. Just turn it to a little little uh, microcosm of the way things happen in real life. Okay. Well, thanks for the advice. Okay. Good luck on it, Barbara. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, let's go up to, to Greenwood, to Bill. Bill, what's going on? Hey, uh, Felder, I got two questions. One about spider lilies and stones. Uh, first off, uh, have you ever tried a scone? I actually cook scones. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, maybe you could help me out. This is a scone desert around here. I love it. <laughs> uh, like, listen, I, all you do, you get your, you get your favorite biscuit mix, you know, whatever kind of biscuits you make. Yeah. But while you're mixing it all up, crack an egg in it, you know, stir in a, a, an egg, and then put in a big old heaping tablespoon of sugar. And then you got you. And then if you want to stir in some blueberries or some raisins or something like that in the mix, that's a real scone. But all a scone is a is a biscuit with a little egg mixed in with the with the batter, a little bit of sugar, and some little pieces of fruit. That's okay, all well, it is. I'm gonna do that. Uh, spider lilies are so beautiful around here. We had the right amount of rain at the right time, and these idiots didn't get out there and cut their grass. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, well, so, the blue uh, the, the the spider lilies are an excuse to not cut the grass. 
They did so pretty this year. I don't know why they're mostly in the lawns. How do they get out in the lawns if they played them in the flower beds? Yeah, this is a real good question, and, and, and I've wondered about this myself because you never see them in rows or rings in the lawn. I think that because they bloom in the fall and they don't get cut down, that they have time to actually make seed pods, and those seed pods get thrown around by the lawnmower the next spring. So I think that they seed themselves around, like early blooming daffodils have time to make a seed before they get cut down. So that's, that's my theory. Oh, well, can you uh, later on dig up the bulb? Is it a bulb? And it's it? a bulb, yeah, yeah. And now's the best time while you know where they are. You know, if, yeah. be, you know, in another another month, it's going to look like little clumps of pale striped monkey grass all winter. So the I know, best. The wait and I would have to say, where are these things? Well, now you know. Uh, go if you if you can't. Hey, Bill, if you can't get around to digging them now, get you some little flags or sticks or something and put them by the ones you like, and then come back later and steal them. I mean, uh, uh, go ahead and dig them. Then nobody know what you're doing. Well, that's a wonderful idea. I yeah. know a good place I can go do it. Too. Yeah. Okay. You All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for your call, Bill. Okay, I think we got time to talk to. Uh, uh, we got some music in just a second, but I want to talk with. I want to first of all find. Is it Geraldine? How do you pronounce your name? Jer- is it Geraldine? Yes, it's Geraldine. Geraldine in uh, in Tupelo. How are you? Fine, and you? How are you? So far, so good. I hope you can stump me really good though, because I'm feeling awful cheerful right now. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm new at the gardening thing. I've planted and planted the house that I live in. I've been here for 15 years, and I'm. I don't really have a green thumb, but mm. I'm curious to know. I wanted to make like a little, I have a concrete porch, and I wanted to make like a little fence on one side of it, and uh-huh. I don't know if it's a shrub or a bush. Could you give me three? And I, I have seen like the city have put some out, and it's some kind of shrub or a bush. It's a pretty green, and the leaf looks like a Christmas tree leaf. You know what that is? Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of members of that family. It's, it sounds like a type of conifer. Conifers would be like junipers is a is is an old fashioned kind of Christmas tree type of leaf. Uh, and there's there's a whole bunch of different kinds of that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily plant what the city plants because a lot of times they put out stuff that's really fashionable and it might okay. not be with you in the long run. But okay. ju- but juniper, a lot of different kinds of jun. You know what a cedar tree is. Yes. See, that's a type of juniper, but they're little small junipers that look really good. And I'll tell you another really good one, uh, uh, Geraldine. This is an old-fashioned plant. Some people don't like it because everybody plants it, but they plant it because it's good. It's called Nandina. Spell that. N-A-N-D-I-N-A. You can't go wrong with a Nandina. That's your starter plant. Then you put other stuff around it, and if it doesn't, if the other stuff doesn't make it, your Nandina still looks great. It's N I N A N V I, right? D I N A. V I N A. Right. Nandina. Now that's now. I'm I'm wanting to plant it in front of my porch, so I don't want to have a problem with roots or no. You know. Well, you, there's a Nandina called Compacta that only gets about four feet tall, and it's evergreen. It's got real pretty berries in the wintertime. Oh, okay. And that, that, that's, a good, that's a good one to start with, Geraldine. And then, and then uh, we can take it from there. There's plenty of stuff you can plant around it to make it look better. Okay, I will, because I, I'm trying to make – I see people put boxwood out, but I don't want anything that's going to cause me 
problems. I want like a low maintenance, but grow fast. Does you, that, you cannot. You told me grow fast. You're not going to. I would start with a Nandina. You just can't go wrong with that. The, and it's sturdy. It'll grow in a cemetery. Gerald, dead people can grow Nandina. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll try it then. Well, I'll call you again. What what time does the show? I just happen to turn my radio on. It's not, not 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock every Friday morning. It's rebroadcast. Okay. It's not live. It's rebroadcast at 10 o'clock on Saturday. So let's have, Gerilyn, okay. let's have some fun. Okay, we will. Because okay. I'm, I'm new, and I don't, like I said, I don't have a green thumb, and I... I'm trying to teach myself. Well, we're, we're about to, every, every week I play what I call a cheesy tune, okay, just to sort of brighten stuff up, and this next tune is just for you. Appreciate your call, Geraldine. All righty, folks, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. Got Plant Swap next Saturday down in Mobile and one the following Thursday at Floral Library, but and the uh, the Sweet Tea Festival in Poplarville late this afternoon and most of tomorrow. I'll be there in my bright green truck with all the stuff growing in it. Might even have a few books with me if anybody interests some of that kind of stuff. But I'm not going there to sell books. I'm there going there to have fun and get dirty with y'all. We're going to take a real quick break. Got a little bit of a tune to break stuff up and come back and talk with uh, Becky and James and anybody else wants to talk about gardening here at Mississippi Public Broadcast. Me and Java and Liz Gill and all the folks up here at MPB, we're having fun. Won't you join us? It makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Just keep that rhythm, give it everything you got. Say it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. What da 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 da
Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushy, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about rhubarb and all sorts of stuff. But first, let's go up to Fulton, up to North Mississippi, and talk with Becky. Hey, Becky, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you doing? So, not so bad. Well, good. That, that song that you play is stuck in my head. So, <laughs> it's an earworm. It's an earworm. And you know, it's true. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Well, you're right. What's up? What's up? What can we help you with? Yes, sir. I just wanted to know, um, have you ever heard that those spider lilies called Johnny Jump Ups? I thought that they were those little flowers that were the first thing that came up in the spring. Well, first of all, what some people call common names, my friend friend uh, Brent Heath over the bulb guy, he calls them folk names. Yeah. Folk names are descriptive things. Spider lilies are called spider lilies because they look like spiders on a stick. Uh, Johnny Jump Ups is anything that just sort of pops up there. But the most, if you were to Google Johnny Jump Up, you'll come up with this little small purple and yellow pansy type thing called Viola. Okay. Th- those are the com- old fashioned Johnny Jump Ups, a little purple and cheery little purple and yellow violas. And they're my, one of my favorite winter flowers because, unlike pansies, they got lots and lots of little bright, cheery things. And I plant them around my daffodils. So that way you got something to bloom all the time before, during, and after the daffodils. But anyway, spider lilies is a type of bulb that blooming now. Uh, Johnny Jump Ups, the most common one, is, is a type of little small viola. But anything, if whatever they want to call it, just smile and say, mm-mm, ain't they pretty? They are. And, you know, the, your your caller that from Poplarville uh-huh. um, talked about persimmons, and I'm like, uh, it's about time for them. But, you know, it, uh, but I've never eaten a green one. Well, no, no. Well, actually, you, you, first of all, the eat a green, it won't poison you, but it'll teach you an important lesson about life. And that, <laughs> and, and that is that things can always be better. <laughs> but what they're growing, they're not growing our native persimmons. Their native persimmons are male and female separate plants, and they're small, and, and they don't really ripe. They're astringent until they're ripe, which is typically later in the fall. They say after frost, but but anyway, what they're growing is the Japanese or Oriental persimmons that are about the size of uh, of your fist, and they're oh, really... Yeah. Okay. Awfully, okay. Sorry, awfully, yeah. awfully pretty plant. Really, really pretty. They look like little pumpkins on on trees right now. Really durable plant. My great grandmother's was uh, seventy five years old when Katrina blew it over. But anyway, the little oh. Oriental or Japanese persimmons, really pretty yard plants, and they're sweet like pudding. Wow. Well. Thank you so much for your help. Okay, Jack, Becky. And, and oh, uh, this thing that you think sometimes called Johnny Jump Ups, when it blooms, send me a picture so I can see what it is. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Don't forget. See you, Becky. Okay. Okay, now we've got a guy who's been hanging on for a long time from Laurel named James. James, what's go- thank you for holding, man. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Just busy driving. Busy driving. Where are you from? Yeah. You just passing uh, through Laurel? Uh now, I know I'm from Laurel. Uh, yes, I, I, my question was uh, about, uh, in, in my area where I live, about uh, growing rhubarb. I, I uh, back when I was in the Army, they, some sweet lady that made rhubarb pies and from Oklahoma, and I would like to know if it would grow down here so I could make some myself. Well, yes and no. It could grow here. And by the way, just 
before I get to that, you can buy rhubarb uh, at some store. I don't know if the Free State of Jones has any for sale, but you can get rhubarb. You can actually get canned rhubarb, and it's not bad because that rhubarb pie that that sweet lady from Oklahoma grew, it was mostly sugar. And you, right. could, you could put sugar on cardboard and have a good time. <laughs> See, anyway, here's the deal with rhubarb. It's a perennial plant, but it hates our hot summers and it hates our mild winters. It wants to grow up in Canada, Oklahoma, you know, nor, uh, you know way up. If you want to grow it here, you need to have a place where it won't stay wet because it rots real well, like a raised bed or something. Right. And and then plant that you can buy the uh, you can go online and buy the little rhubarb plant sort of like a monkey grass with no leaves on it. Anyway, you plant them in the fall. They grow over the winter time, and if they don't rot from too much water, if you have them where they are like on the east side of your house, they need sunshine to grow, but they don't like that hot afternoon beating down sun. So maybe morning sunshine, good drainage, and they'll do okay. Okay. Uh- I'll try to give it a try. I do, I do know that in, uh, I've asked uh, several of the grocery stores in our area, they don't usually carry that kind of stuff. Well, you know, they can get it, but like I said, you know, you can get stuff like that online. It's, it's really not any problem, but I, I know in Jackson, some of the big stores up here, they'll have rhubarb, the rhubarb, and all you're eating, you're eating the stems of the leaves. It's all, right. it's like, it's like celery. You're eating that stem bit. It's real sour though, so get you some strawberries and get you some sugar before you make your pie. Okay. Thank you much. I okay. enjoy your program. Thanks for being part of it, James. Uh-huh. All righty. By the way, I want to mention again, I'm going to be in Poplarville later this afternoon and most of tomorrow. Me and my green pickup truck with all the stuff growing in the back. going to be chatting with whatever you want to talk about. Come down and get you some food, look at the arts and crafts, and sip you some Mississippi-grown tea or some blueberry uh, lemonade or uh, uh, enjoy the music. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun, the Sweet Tea Festival. Let's go up to Memphis. Okay. Oh, no, excuse me. Let's go to Viney and oh, Memphis. Kate in Memphis. Bifocals, Kate. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? So far, so good. What's up? Well, I have a question about moving uh, irises and daylilies. Mm-hmm. I am uh, leaving one house uh, at, this fall, and I want to take my iris and daylilies with me. And plant them, but I won't be able to plant them until next spring. Yeah. So, how is there a way to overwinter them so that that uh, they'll survive the winter? Yeah. Out no, of the where, yeah. Where 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 are you going to keep them over the winter? At the new place or the old place, or somewhere uh, else? Somewhere else. Okay. Uh, In d- between, there's okay. a flag there. Yeah. Luckily, daylilies and irises are among the easiest plants to move just about any time. So what I would do is when you get around to it, uh, dig them up, you know, not too big a clump, but dig them up, cut the leaves back to a few inches tall, and then put them in plastic uh, uh, grocery store bags or pots. Just set them in the pots or in plastic grocery bags, set them in a place where they get a little sunshine, but not, you know, not hot stuff, and then just water them every now and then. They'll grow just in clumps. In pots or even in plastic grocery bags. Okay, sounds it, easy enough. As long as they don't stay wet, you know, tear a hole in the corner, bottom corner of the plastic bags. It doesn't hold water. Okay, okay, I can do that. Yeah, be sure to Thanks cut them so back. Much. Be sure to cut them back because next year's new growth is what you're shooting for. Okay, I will do. Piece of cake. Thank you so much. Okay, Kate. Okay. See ya. 
All righty. Now we're going to, is it Viney or Vinny? It's Viney. Viney. You're in, in uh, is that Ruleville? I can't, my bifocals. What is it? Where are you from? Belleville. Bell, where's Belleville? Pardon me? Where is Belleville? It's like uh, 12 miles north of Meridian. Okay. I would put you at the Max. At the Max? Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was a blast. I could have got my my phone uh, going so I could have took all those pictures. <laughs> well, Haley was just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. We had fun, too. But anyway, what what can I help you with today? Well, okay. It was, we was, remember I asked about the horsetail plant? Right. And this young man said that he uh, uh, he had some, and he gave me his email, and he gave me, and I got lost from it. But Oops. anyway, do you know where I can get some from? Oh. And if he's listening, please call. Okay, yeah. If if you remember giving the the, the guy with the horse tail at the uh, at the max, if yeah. shoot me an email. Here's the thing: uh, horse tail is a native plant, and it actually grows pretty much all over Mississippi. But you got to know where it is because it's usually an out of way place, like in low wet ditches and stuff. Uh-oh. Garden centers uh, carry it, but I've got a friend who uh, she's retired from teaching horticulture there at the community college Meridian, named Gail Barton. I bet she's got some or knows where some is. So if you could send me an email, I, I'll try to put you in touch with Gail, who's there in Meridian. And, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be real surprised she didn't have some. Okay. But uh, anyway, the horsetail, are we still talking about the one that's tall and skinny with no leaves on it? Right. And, okay. and it has the little things that hangs off the, at the very top, like a horsetail. Hmm. The one I'm thinking about doesn't have anything at the top of it. Oh, these okay. come up. Do these come up and sort of skinny things like an umbrella? Uh, it, it it looks like a bamboo kind of you know a little jointed like right joint, and uh, and it's about the size of your well of a pencil or something. Uh huh. Well, a pen or pencil, but about that size, and it uh, I, I th- this guy gave it to me, and I've been having like seven, eight years. But then, like I told you, then it, it didn't come back. Oh. Well, we need to find out for sure what it is because the horsetail I'm thinking of it just it's like a it's like a little uh, three foot tall fishing pole, no leaves or nothing. Lily is right. It just got that thing at the top that comes at the top. Yeah. Well, w- shoot me an email. We'll take it from there. We'll figure it out. All right then. Because if you want some of it, I want some of it too. <laughs> I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Okay, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You have a blessed weekend. Thank you. All righty. Uh, before we take the next call, let me mention this. Whoever stole a part of my plant at the state fair. Now, this is a rare little sans of It's like a mother-in-law tongue. It's a chunky little thing called walk, walking sans severa. A little chunky thing with triangular-shaped uh, di- uh, cross-section leaves and sharp points. It had three nice plants on it. Somebody broke off one of them, took it home. I'm not going to judge you, but I'm going to say Santa Claus knows who you are. That's all I'm saying. And it's not like I never purloined some seeds out of a garden myself. But come on, stealing a plant from the state fair and taking my blue ribbon with it. What's up with that? (laughs) I ain't going to judge you. I'm just saying I'm going to turn this one over to Santa Claus. Now, let's go up to uh, Jackson. Talk with Gene. Hey, Gene. Hello. What's up, man? 
Man, got a problem with ants in my okra. They're not a problem. They they might turn it kind of twisted all, but you just got to garden fast. <laughs> well, what they're doing, and you probably have seen this, but uh, they're getting into the part of the okra. And uh, it makes it twisted. If there was anything natural that I could use to put on uh, the okra as it's blooming, because well, I don't he, want anything that's you know any type of chemical. You yeah. know, you got to eat the, the okra. Yeah. Well, here, uh, here, the, here's a good. For, first of all, they're at, you know okra puts out a kind of a sticky stuff, uh-huh. and the ants like that. That's what they're after. That little sticky, that little sticky uh, beads of stuff that's on the okra pod. That's what they're after. So they're just trying to make a living on one hand. And the other thing is, you don't have to spray the plant. All you got to do is treat the ground or the lower part of the stem so they can't come and go. Well, I was concerned about that. I didn't want to put any chemicals because the plant might take the chemicals. Well, that, and that, and s- some chemicals do that. But try this. Try putting a little down on the base of it. Get you a little squirt bottle with some... Uh, 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 I don't know, try some dish detergent, which is a chemical, but it's not a problem. Uh, try some, some vegetable oil. Okay. Just squirt some vegetable oil down on the lower part of the stem, and I bet you they won't crawl across that because if you keep them getting up there, that's that nips it in the bud. Oh, I knew you had to answer. Well, it's it's an educated guess. <laughs> Well, but we'll you, you, don't, you don't have to. to yeah, you don't have to spray the plant. All you gotta do is is make it where they say, "Nope, we're going somebody else's. We can't climb on this slick stuff." That's a good idea. Thank yeah. you, sir. Hey, let me know how it works because I just made that one up. Have a, have a blessed <laughs> Thank you, sir, Gene. Appreciate it. All righty. Now we're gonna have a good time talking about stuff. Um, would like to mention again next Saturday down in Mobile at Central Pres Church parking lot, one of the biggest plant swaps in the South. It's a lot of fun. It's free. Bring your plant. It starts at ten o'clock. We'll talk more about that next week, though. Meanwhile, let's slide to. Uh, I can't tell where Ginger's calling from. From Orr. Uh, that's Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Are you in Orlando? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I have a property in Grenada, Mississippi. Okay. And this is where the rose bush is. Okay. And I was trying to determine whether what to do with it. Um, it's it's standing about uh, probably eight feet. Well, no, about six feet high. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From the bottom, it's brown. It's it's gray. It looks like it's dead. And when you come up to the top, maybe halfway up to the top, the stems are sort of green, and there is some greenery on the top of right, it. Right, right. So it, it it has produced some huge pink roses. Yeah. This, and I was wondering if it's going to be okay. Okay, first of all, does, in it, Mississippi. does this bloom off and on all summer or just once in the spring? Once. Okay. What I would do, uh, because once bloomers tend to bloom on the previous year's growth, next spring, after it gets through blooming, cut it down to about two feet tall. Okay. Now, this sounds dramatic, but most people prune their roses (laughs) two feet every year anyway. The people at Disney do. Uh, so they prune it real hard, but I'd wait till after it blooms, and all the new growth will come out in the spring nice and strong and pretty. But as soon as it gets through blooming, cut it back, and it'll jump. It'll put out all sorts of new growth ginger. Okay, okay, I will do just that. And okay, okay, we got a scoot though. Tell, tell Mickey and D and them I said, hey, 
Well, um, horticulture's fell to rushing. <laughs> We've been having fun. There's some been lively calls. That's what we do here at MPB. We talk to folks about what's on their mind locally. And if you're from Orlando and you got a rose bush in Grenada, heck, we'll help you with that, too. Thank you to all the folks listening on the podcast. And uh, the rest of y'all hope to see some of y'all around the state. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center or a farmer's market and show them how to do what we do best. Come on, folks. Show kids they need to know how to get dirty and it's up to us. See y'all next week.